0: Yeah, so we, I don't think women are sending their boobs to all their straight no, guy friends.
1: No, but um, I, I do have a couple of friends who, well, more one friend. He is very, very much, he will send his dick to everybody.
0: Anyone. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that for sure, but I'm oh. pretty positive. Well, you know what? I think I've just got a message on Instagram. So maybe it's <laughs> your friend. <laughs> Want to listen to this Ivory Tower Boiler Room or True Crime and Academia episode ad-free? Head on over to our Patreon and join either the ITBR student or the ITBR professor level. Both levels of membership have a seven-day free trial. With the ITBR professor level, you also not only get access to all of our video episodes, like listening or watching Scream part two, you also get access to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room and True Crime and Academia book clubs. The book clubs are going to each be a one hour private Zoom. I'm hosting the Ivory Tower Boiler Room, Mary DePippi's hosting the True Crime and Academia ones. So if the ITBR professor level, you get access to all of our video and audio episodes, plus our book clubs. And make sure you download the Patreon app on your phone for such an accessible, easy to use way to consume our content. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby. And before you hear such an exciting episode, I want to remind you all that when I'm not here hosting the ivory tower boiler room, I am running my small business, the ivory tower boiler room where I am consulting with clients, it includes academic writing, consulting, social media, podcast, and expanding your media footprint. So I have clients, I'm working on graduate school writing with them. I can work on thesis writing, dissertation writing, essay advice, college admission essays, undergrad uh, college advice, graduate school advice. I also am working on a client's small business right now and expanding her social media footprint. I can work on how to create a podcast with you or how to expand your podcast audience. I also can just help you expand your media footprint in general. So if you're interested in my consulting, I first want to let you all know it is only $30 for the first hour that I work with you on consulting. And then I'll set up a package with you then. So you can email me at ivorytowerboilerroom@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Or you could go to our Patreon, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com backslash Room, and there's a consulting option under mem- memberships. You can pay the $30 and then I will reach out to you right away and we'll set up a consultation. And then while you're on our Patreon, make sure you join the Ivory Tower Boiler Room and the True Crime and Academia Book Club. Every month, both myself and Mary are choosing books for our book club members to read and we are actually polling our members on patreon to see what books they want to read and we're meeting with them the first week of each month so if you want to join um the book club each month just make sure that you join on patreon that way i know who's joined and i can reach out to all of you and let you know when we're meeting on zoom okay So lots of things to do here in the ivory tower boiler room, and I can't wait to consult with you, join you for a book club discussion and have you here listening to one of our podcast episodes. Okay. Enjoy this episode. Hi everyone. Welcome back to ITBR rewatches queer as folk season one, episode three. Um, I'm Dr. Andrew Rimby for everyone out there. Before I introduce my exciting co-host, I want to just remind you previously on the ITBR rewatches, just like they do in TV shows, that like flashback, just to bring you all back to Queer as Folk. Remember in episode two, Michael stays in the closet at work. Causes problems with an interested co-worker, Tracy. He's also struggling with his feelings of jealousy over Brian's relationship with Justin. Spoiler alert, that doesn't change in episode three. Um, so episode two was called Queer There and Everywhere. And episode three is called uh, No bris No Shirt, No Service. Okay, so <laughs> without further ado, I'm so excited to be joined with Aaron Wallace. Uh, so Aaron told me he is a multi-hyphenate artist, a videographer, uh, a storyteller, um, a photographer, uh, I think a designer, you even said, um, so many things. So Aaron, welcome to the Ivory Tower Boiler Room.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm happy to be here.
0: So how long, this is my first question every time someone comes on this Queerest Folk show is, did you actually know about this series before I reached out.
1: Yes. Uh I was 13 when it originally aired. And I remember watching it like with uh my remote in my hand on the recall button so that I could switch back and forth. Cause it was a little mature for my age. Um, but it was the only thing I think at the time where it showed gay people, mm-hmm. people that I knew were like me.
0: Yeah. So were you already out at thirteen, or I mean, oh, this is no. two thousand. So uh,
1: no, I'm from a small town in Arkansas, so I did not come out until I was in grad school, and I was twenty six.
0: Okay, okay, or twenty five. Six. So, what was the um, uh, entry point or realization, I should say, of when you knew that you were had to come out?
1: I. Kind of had my first gay friend during grad school. And I had some other friends who were very accepting. And it kind of, being able to be myself around them or them get to know the real me just was so freeing.
0: And I was like, okay, it's time. And you, I came out. Are you um, currently still in Arkansas? I am, Yes. So I'm just curious, are you still in that small town community? I am close
1: to it. I live about 30 minutes okay. east of it. I live in Conway, which if you, if anyone's watched RuPaul's Drag Race, the winner, Simone, I'm from the, t- I live in the town she was from.
2: Oh, wow.
1: That's how I always tell, I'm like, that's how I always like, that's my, our claim to fame is her and Chris Allen, who won American Idol season eight. Um uh-huh. So it's about 50,000 people and we're right outside Little Rock, but it's still very conservative. It's just, I live in a college town. So there's a bunch of colleges close by. There's three in our town alone. So it's a little bit more open-minded than a lot of other places.
0: Yeah. So the Aaron now, like, do you feel that if you were 13 now, now where you're living, that you would feel comfortable coming out? Like, as that 13-year-old?
1: Maybe. Um, Mm -hmm. When I, like, being 13 in 2000 was very different from being 13 today, I would say. There's so many different, like, kids aren't afraid to show their true, authentic selves. Whereas I think that was what I had trouble with. And I come from a very religious family. Uh, so I guess it would just depend because I think I would still be scared to tell my family at 13, even today, just because of the area I live in and the climate of today's world.
0: And I have to be honest, I do not know a lot at all about Arkansas. Um, oh, I don't know uh, either, so do Oh. <laughs> I'm a very Northeast-based person. Um, or I have some like, friends. Uh, so like Northeast, West Coast, some South. But um, yeah, never been to Arkansas. That's a state I haven't been to. Had, but it is, friends. yeah. Oh, no, I was
1: going to say, I had friends that came here. They're like, what should we do? They're from New York. And I was like, I have no clue. Uh, <laughs> and then they started telling us about some of the things they did. I'm like, oh, OK, well, that's some interesting things I should probably check out. But when you live here, you just get your everyday life just gets busy. You don't look out for those touristy options.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I think into this episode, like what's so interesting about your backstory is something that I just is a through line in every one of these episodes is Justin coming to terms with his sexuality and being openly gay. Um well, openly gay with his friend Daphne, not his parents yet. Um, mm-hmm. That will happen eventually. Um, so was this, how long had it been since you had seen Queer as Folk? The first, I
1: watched the entire series finally when they released it on Netflix that first time. I sat down and I watched first episode to final episode. Uh, whereas before I had just seen it here and there. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So it
1: is, it's probably been a few years since I've seen this episode.
0: Yeah. So this episode, right. Carries us directly into, um, uh, the bris. I mean, we don't get Justin really in this episode until the end. So we'll have to like save, I'll save all of his awakening <laughs> to the end. Um, because we get, uh, the bris, we get, um, Lindsay and uh melanie um together and they have gus who was named by justin and uh michael and brian joking about all the lesbians at the party and again i had brought this up before on the podcast but we get that slang term and pejorative term the munchers brunch i'm just <laughs> like this is this to me is what it does 2000-y and it's just like oh the munchers
1: there there were quite a few moments in this episode that i didn't even realize back when i watched it a few years ago kind of problematic with some of the things you know the things they would say when they were talking about Lindsay. oh let's go talk to Lindsay because she speaks and i'm quoting the shoot sushi um i was just like oh "Oh, yes
0: i was like oh yes yes with the um I'm watching escort. it in
1: 2023 Eyes, I was just like,
0: Wow. Well, and that our representation of an Asian American gay man is an escort. Yeah. Is <laughs> also interesting. Um I mean there is there is racial diversity in the show at times, but also to see how they cast the characters. In what kinds of roles is also eye opening? Yeah, the speaking like does Lindsay knows how to speak sushi is um or no Melanie right? Is it Melanie? I'm trying to rem- yeah, it's I think Melanie. Melanie, Melanie, Melanie. Yeah, Lindsay is Taya Gill. Okay, uh, Melanie is Michelle Clooney who follows us, Aaron. So hi, Michelle. Uh, <laughs> she's awesome. Um, oh. But yeah, I wonder how she feels about that line about you know she knows how to speak sushi. Yeah, that was. Well, also, again, I don't approve of like this term, but I'll say it because it's in the show. You hear dyke a lot Mm -hmm. from the gay men. I think as a gay man, I've never said that amongst my gay male friends. Like we've never just like been like, yeah, you know, uh, those dykes. Like it it's not part of the language (laughs) Mm -hmm. in my friend group. But no, uh, mine either. Maybe among women. I don't know. Like any lesbians out there, do they like use that term the way some gay men have taken back, you know, F.A.G. Yeah. Again, like I know I have friends who are so comfortable saying, it. I still like pause before I say it. And I'm like, should I actually say the word? And then I don't know. I feel conflicted. Like, how do you feel about that word?
1: Patrick Call has a song called Fag. And there's something about this song that just—it's empowering when he says it, like the way he's like, "You call me, yeah." It's just—I was like, oh, "Okay, never looked at it that way." I um,
0: we'll have to listen to that now. Yeah, I love
1: Kyra. I, I I do too. Uh, and there's just the what there's something about that song. I was just like, it's fun. I play it for people who I know. Sometimes this is probably so mean to me. Be like, oh, here, this song is great, and I played it for a friend, and she was like, oh. "They," I'm like. Yeah. You know, it just, I wanted to know her reaction to hearing. You just want
0: the shock value. Oh my God.
1: I kind of love those moments where people just get like, Oh, like they think, how are you not? I'm like, you know, I don't let the word affect me like it used to.
0: Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby. And I'm so excited to shout out the gay and lesbian review who is helping to sponsor the ITBR podcast. For all of you out there the gay and lesbian review is a bi-monthly magazine where you can discover new things about gay and lesbian literature history and culture and the gl review publishes essays in a wide range of disciplines as well as a slew of reviews of books plays and movies and a number of special features such as artist profiles and their popular art memo column. Each issue of the magazine brings you consistently intelligent, lively, thought provoking articles focused on a unifying theme. For example, their September, October issue centers on the theme cracking the closet. So starting the 19th century, a number of artists and writers found ways to crack the closet by expressing their sexuality between the lines or in the interstices of their work. For example, Ignacio Darnad, who is a friend of the ITBR podcast, he's been on our show, writes all about illustrator JC Liondecker, whose work for Ivory Soap and Arrow Collars gave him plenty of opportunities to draw pictures of well-dressed and at times scantily dressed American men. And you also can find an article by Vernon Rosario, who has been on the podcast. And he talks about the quest for sex in the Middle Ages. So to subscribe, visit glreview.org. That's g l r e v i e w.org. Click subscribe. So on their website, go all the way over to the right hand side and you'll see the button subscribe, click subscribe and enter the promo code ITBR50 because you're getting 50% off your subscription to the print or digital edition of the gay and lesbian review magazine. I can't wait for you all to have your copy of the gay and lesbian review magazine and make sure that you take a picture when your magazine arrives or when you're reading it online and tag the GL review on Instagram and ITBR. And we'll share it out in our stories. Enjoy your reading, everyone. Are you afraid of the dark? (laughs) Sorry, I had to, everyone. <laughs> it's Dr. Andrew Rimby. Happy spooky season and gothic and horror. Just all oh, the vibes. I am so excited to talk about Broadview Press, who you might know help sponsor our podcast. They're an independent publisher in the humanities since 1985. Did you know they have so many horror novels that you need to get your hands on? They have Frankenstein, of course, by Mary Shelley. They have Dracula by Bram Stoker, one of my favorites. They have The Strange Case of Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde by Robert Louis Stevenson. Edgar Allan Poe's Poetry and Tales. Oh, they just have so many gothic novels that you all need to soak your teeth into Bob your teeth into (laughs) some kind of Halloween metaphor is appropriate there. They also have academic books like Dr. Jeffrey Andrew Weinstock's The Mad Scientist Guide to Composition. So if you're a writing professor out there, you need to get your hands on that. And they also have a gift package called Mystery Horror Sensation, which if you don't know what to choose, just choose the Mystery Horror Sensation gift package. Just a reminder, you get 20% off on broadviewpress.com. Link in our show notes. Just use the code Tower, all lowercase. IvoryTower, 20% off all your books on broadviewpress.com. All of them. I can't wait for you all to hear our next Broadview Press guest. It's coming in November and Definitely, when you buy one of their horror or gothic novels or books, just make sure you tag us on Instagram at Ivory Tower Boiler Room and tag them too at Broadview Press. I know they'll love to share it. Okay, everyone, be careful if you're reading in the dark. I don't want you to get too scared. Turn a light on. Bye, everyone.
1: if when i was 13 if you would have said it i probably would have cried myself to sleep that night now i'd be like okay sure if that's what you want to call me fine i don't let the word have power over me
0: yeah well and i feel that same way like if someone like threw that word at me it would just bounce off my back but mm-hmm. you know i think for me the reason it's so different than um like it still sticks with me is just because That word was used when I had come out, like some people had called me that when I came out. So it just, it hurts more than say, um, I don't know, cocksucker, like that doesn't do anything (laughs) for me. I'm like, yeah, I am a cocksucker. Like, what are you going to do about it? Um, but yeah, I mean eventually I think, I'm working my way through that. So
1: I think one of the reasons I have been able to not let that word affect me as much anymore is the podcast that I originally started was called Queers and Soaps. And when we decided on that name, it was like we want to take back that word. And it felt empowering. So I think once I got past the, you know, that because growing up, queer was a bad word in Arkansas. It probably still is to some people. But now I'm just like, I'm proud of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, actually, I should mention I've had someone from Arkansas, Kelly Ford, the um uh queer female thriller writer um oh. who does crime writing. I'm pretty sure she's from Arkansas. Um that's just really coming cool. to me. Uh so okay. So we then get before the bris and all the like shenanigans and volatility and fighting that happens. We then get a flashback to Michael saying like, and this is what happened earlier. And of course, where are they? But at the gym, Um, Mm -hmm. this is like where all of their philosophical discussions are going to happen. So how do you, what do you think about how serious I always find Michael like really wants these, in-depth conversations in the most erotic places he's like no now's the time for me to lay a diatribe to you brian and brian's like i'm just trying to find a cock like i'm just trying to find a guy to hook up with like leave me alone Mm -hmm. and but yeah so how does that gym scene sit with you when they're like talking
1: well i don't go to the gym very much so I'm always like uh, it reminds me every time I see anything with the gym it just reminds me that I'm not working out it brings back those insecurities sometimes of gay men are supposed to look a certain way um and it's just we I know they spend a lot of time in the gym I think that adds to that stereotype that all gay men go to the gym
0: yeah I see you looking at me I do go to no, the gym, no, but...
1: no, no, no. I, I wish I had the willpower okay. of the gym. I do not have the willpower. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to embrace my bo- body positivity. Well, the gym is
0: an erotic place. It's still to me. To,
1: okay, see, I
0: like the. I like the of where
1: I'm from. Uh, it's not uh, like it's. You just go there to work out. There's no steam rooms. There's no anything like that that I'm aware of.
0: There's not even a sauna. So it's never. I guess I'd have to go to the gym to find that out. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm sending you on a, mi- a mission. We're in yeah. the sauna right area. <laughs> go now,
1: explore no. the different gyms. Um, yeah, I don't right, really yeah. have. When it comes to the gym being exotic, or you know, you know, I, I it's never been like that for me.
0: Well, and when you work in a real, when you work out in a really like gay. Or queer concentrated place like when I've worked out on Fire Island like that's a very I've spoken about this before I think in episode two I did um because the gym again was like featured um but mm. th- that time it was Justin and like the football players um are in episode two but um like even though I'm in the suburbs of New York City on Long Island um there's still it's not just I'm not around a lot of like openly gay people, but there's still, because I am just so openly who I am and authentic, I like have so many friends at the gym. I have so many like um, straight guys who I'll joke with. So like, there's that comfortability for me. It's more of the community, but yeah, I think that there's always bodies that you're attracted to when they're so on display, right? Everyone kind of wants to wear certain clothing at the gym, depending um, that there's more to stare at. Like there's a lot of male-male interaction, even when you're not gay. You don't have to be gay to have male-male gym interaction.
1: I think always living in a small town, I was always afraid someone at the gym was gonna think I was checking them out. And I didn't want to bring that kind of attention to me. Um, The one thing I do always think about is I'm wondering what they're listening to because here I I could be working out hardcore and in my head it's oops, uh, you know, it's (laughs) Britney. So I'd love to know what other people, I'm like, I wonder if some of these buff guys are like listening to show tunes or something. Um, But I was always, I try to focus on what I was doing when I'm at the gym because I'm always afraid like someone gonna be like, you're looking at me. I'm not, I'm not one of those
0: facts and beat the show. You know what? (laughs) <laughs> I think there's a lot of people, not just about sexuality, I think that there's a lot at the gym, just because I'm friends with a lot of fitness trainers and influencers that they will say to me, so many um, put their wall up at the gym instead of like asking for help or things because they don't mm-hmm. want to seem that they don't know what they're doing, that they're um, uh, going to be called out, like I do think there's a lot of pressure that people feel internalized at the gym because it is about bodies and it's, you know, we have a lot of attachments to bodies and our understanding around that. Especially in the gay community. Yeah. Well, especially in this gym in Pittsburgh, (laughs) nonetheless. I mean, um, they make this Pittsburgh again, no offense to Pittsburgh, but they make this as if it is Manhattan. Like, I thought it is in Manhattan, the way that all these men are working out at the gym. It's, that does happen in Manhattan. Like, a steam room and uh, that kind of bathhouse culture, shall we call it. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of a steam room. Like, if I go to a spa, Aaron, um, I love Atlantic City spas, and, like, that's where you can get that, sorry, you can get that experience of, like, um an all male and an all female spa and they'll have like the steam room, the cold water plunge, the um mm-hmm. hot tubs, uh your nice like iced teas and it's an experience like anyone out there like you need to if you want to treat yourself like go to a spa as a staycation it's and bring a book the right. best yeah i'm sure you have spas in arkansas oh I, I we do i just that's not something I ever search out. <laughs> okay. Okay. I'm going to, I'll get you into the self-care. Are you a bubble bath person?
1: I do. Like, I do love, so I love facials and face okay. masks and baths and all that. So, but all of my self-care stuff happens at home.
0: I see. It's a, okay. It's a private. Yeah. It's not for the public's consumption. Okay. Yes. I'm getting it. I see. <laughs> I have just met Aaron. Like I've known him on social media, everyone out there to be transparent, but I feel like I'm getting a lot of psyche from you. Really. You can tell I'm very probing right away. So oh, thanks I, for putting up I, with me.
1: I'm an open book. I will, I will talk about anything.
0: Yeah. Anyone who comes on this you podcast. Know
1: I used yeah. to be and people get shocked because they're like, wow, you, you were a quiet kid. I was like, well, I had this as a kid. I was very flamboyant. I feel, but as I got to like middle school, high school in that first few years of college, I was very reserved and quiet because I was afraid of bringing attention to myself. Mm. And, but then one day grad school happened, I made some friends that helped me, let me be myself and can't shut up now.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, so the most important question I have for you is, would you have a, would you have sex in a steam room? It's like a bacterial question I have. Mm.
1: If I knew I wouldn't go to jail, <laughs> yeah, no problem. I'd do it Would with you the right person. It? I couldn't do. It. Yeah. I don't think I could do it with a stranger. Hmm. Just I, I, I can never be Brian. I can never just walk in there like be like yo, and then just boom, you know. I like to kind of know the person a little bit. Like we don't have to be best friends, but <laughs>
0: hmm. well. When I was in, again, everyone out there is going to think like I'm always on these excursions. Like, no, these are like some key moments in my life. But when I was in Vegas and I went to the Luxor, the Pyramid Hotel, Casino, um, they do have a nice spa. Um, I was young when I went, but I was like old enough. You have to be a certain age to go to spas. You have to be 17, I think, um, because of the nudity and... Maybe not just the nudity, but because, yeah, probably because of the nudity. Who knows? Um, But also, you know, your body is you're not supposed to be in like subject your body to certain things when you're too young. Um, It's like working out. You shouldn't be lifting heavy weights when you're 10 or 11 or 12. Um, So I have seen men grabbing each other's cocks in a sauna, Um, much to my parents' chagrin, like if they heard this, which... (laughs) <laughs> you probably won't be shocked by it, but they'll be like, oh, OK, that's why Andrew had such an awakening really quickly, like knew the world. Um, but yeah, I've seen it. Like if it's a if it's an environment where men are cruising again, like the gym I go to is probably I mean, maybe not like the one you're describing in Arkansas, but it's still not a very concentrated gay community. So like that would not happen in the sauna or this, I don't have a steam room in the gym I go to, but like, it wouldn't happen in that space. And also, I'm not really into having sexual encounters in like heavily infested bacterial, like in a yeah, shower or something. The other thing. I, when they,
1: um, that bathroom scene in this episode, I was just like, how? Like, all I can think is just germs and not that I'm like a huge germaphobe or anything, but it's just the bathrooms to me are one like public bathrooms is one of the dirtiest things ever to me. Um, so seeing that I was like, mm, uh, no, thank you. Like I need a clean, yeah. I need a cleaner area than a bathroom to hook up with someone. If I was going to do that.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that the comfort of your um, home is really a good place or um <laughs> I don't know. There's other public cars are a better option, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, There's other venues. There's other places that I think could work. Um, You know, a two-hour rental at a motel. Okay, well, those you might have to worry about. Um, Uh,
1: The the plus side about a steam room, though, there would be all the steam. So it could block some people from saying if you didn't want an audience. Not that there's anything wrong with having an audience.
0: Uh, yeah, that is true. Yeah. And actually, maybe that's why steam rooms are more popular than saunas because of because the the, audience, uh, the view being blocked. Yeah, you're like, do I see a guy's head? You know, in that man's uh, crotch, or <laughs> is that a mirage and an illusion?
1: I will say when I watched this show when I was younger, it gave me really. Uh, unrealistic views of what it meant to be gay. So as I grew up, I was thinking, I'm doing gay wrong because <laughs> so I wasn't doing anything that the characters in queers and themselves were doing, or queers of spoke were doing.
0: Yeah. Well, and also um, they're in their late 20s and early 30s. Well, late 20s and some are like 30 um, or 31. They're like around that age, except for Justin. But he's 17. So, okay. Um, Anything else about these gym and bathroom scenes we have? No, but I find
1: things like that. In, like, I have a my friend from New York talked about him and his boyfriend. They went to a club that was kind of a sex club. And I was just like, oh, my God, tell me everything. Because I'm just so curious about s- stuff like that. I just think it's fascinating that people are that brave that they can just i don't know that i could do that yeah just go to a club and just
0: yeah (laughs) yeah have your choice of the menu um are you talking about the eagle i have
1: no clue uh which club they were talking about i just there are a few
0: yeah
1: and they didn't know it was a sex club my friend was just like, huh, it's interesting they have signs saying no camera usage or anything like that. I was just like, huh. Oh no, I'm from a, Arkansas. There's not a whole lot of stuff like that. So it's interesting to learn about what else is out there in the
0: world. Yeah. Do you have adult bookstores?
1: Well, we have like adult stores. I wouldn't say they really have books in them. They're more uh, geared Oh, well, when
0: like- I say bookstores, like Adult bookstores usually means that they have a collection of videos and glory holes and like bookstores just used as a,
2: as a, um,
0: uh, as a mirage, uh, as a illusion. They don't have
1: like the glory holes or little film rooms where you can watch the films. It's very much just, you have your clothing, some games, all the sex toys, videos, magazines, but it's very aimed towards heterosexual couples
0: I see okay
1: they, they I, do have their selection of jungle juice though you know
0: <laughs> wait what is jungle juice pa- it's poppers poppers oh okay that's what I thought you
1: it's it just that's one. what it's I remember I asked this I was like what is jungle juice
0: <laughs> but like, oh anyone okay. who works at those adult stores again it makes sense they're so open-minded I mean I would assume they are. Because I, that's their job.
1: I love going to them just because it's something out of my comfort zone. When I went to LA, there was a hustler, uh, like in downtown LA, and I was like, I just want to go in it just because it's something like just if someone back home knew I was going in a hustler, they'd be
0: like, <gasps> you know, like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Well, someone. um and like to speak about the drug culture, cause, because some episodes are more drug heavy than others in Queer as Food. Yes. This one is more intense, um, like jumping ahead. But we get with um, everyone out there listening. I don't always go in order, like, right. I'm going in our stream of consciousness mind. But all of you out there should have seen this episode or at least watch it after this. And then maybe I'll we'll give you that educational layer Um of analysis. But when Ted takes THP is that I thought wasn't it like uh it, it's had... some kind of pleasure yeah like um oh yeah one THP drug. drug
1: okay it was one of the more
0: hardcore drugs i believe it is um i think it's called THP but I'm looking now and apparently I'll have to see what is the exact one that they are referencing but what did you feel when Ted is being exposed to a drug with a very it's so sad because this guy is so angelic and naive seeming and sweet.
1: That scene brings up a lot of interesting feelings um mm. the my first love that I ever had my first husband um had a pill problem
2: wow.
1: and tried to hide it very well and just um, when he died it was pretty much cause of an I feel an overdose we weren't together at the time but it just makes me think like oh my god like brings back some memories that aren't so fond. Um, Mm. So yeah, it's traumatic to watch that, just to see Ted laying there alone. This guy just runs out, not even, you know, not even caring, and it's just...
0: LGBT stories are universal, but each one speaks to the individual heart and soul of the writer telling it. Do you have a story to tell? Visit their writer's guidelines. The link is located at the bottom of their homepage. And if you have any questions, email Stephen Hemrick. That's S-T-E-P-H-E-N dot H-E-M-R-I-C-K at GLReview.org. The GNLR and its readers can't wait to see what you have to say. Hi, did I mention that it's spooky season? This is Dr. Andrew Rimby and guess what? I have so many Halloween and fall designs and crafts in my apartment and guess what there is a person who's made me so many halloween horror fall themed items and her name is mandy bengal she owns mandy made it a craft crochet company so mandy talked to me and said andrew i want everyone out there to know that if they mention itbr and that they heard my ad that I will give them a free ITBR t shirt. So make sure you mention ITBR and order from Mandy crocheted pumpkins that she actually is using cinnamon sticks as the stem, which is a brilliant idea. How cozy. And also filling the pumpkins with potpourri. I already wanna wrap myself in a blanket. She has Halloween keychains, other Halloween crochet designs. So, how can you reach out to her? Go to her Facebook or Instagram at Mandy made it reach out to her. She will ship items out to you. If you live in the South, New Jersey, Philly area, she'll arrange to have you either pick it up or deliver it to you. So Mandy, just makes such beautiful crocheted items. And I'm so happy that she supports the podcast. I've known Mandy since I was a child. We were in theater camp together. That's how I met Mary. So the three of us have known each other a long time. Okay, head over to Mandy Made It for your handmade crocheted items for this Halloween and fall. And I forget, does this... Does the guy who abandons him come back,
1: Aaron? Yes, yes, he comes In the back. The show, he does. Okay. Yes, uh, because they end up, I think, being a couple for a while. And when I first watched it, I was like, "How could someone do that?" And but then you just
0: love is a funny thing. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'm sorry about what you went through. Oh no, your...
1: it, I mean it's it's okay. It happened with years his... ago, and it's just. Yeah. It's crazy how one scene can make you think of all
0: these different things that you weren't thinking about thinking of. Yeah. Well, and I feel like this show, even though it is um, heightened and, like you said, it speaks for a certain gay culture, it still hits all the emotional notes of everyday life. Like, that's what I think brings me back to this show is it's so humanistic it's so authentic about experiences like not everyone is going down on a guy in a steam room but people know those who have you know issues with fentanyl or I mean that's so apparent in our culture right now and yes um addiction to painkillers um so addiction to alcohol yeah
1: when I watch it now, I relate more to Ted and Emmett than I did when I was younger. I remember always thinking, "Ooh, I want to be like Justin or... I didn't really want to be Brian because Brian was, a he was just such a dick. <laughs> but I remember just like thinking, oh, I know how Justin feels. I'm going to be like, I'll be like Justin. And I grew up to be like Ted and Emmett, just more on their lines of the person, you know, feeling like you're not attractive. Like I understand how Ted feels when he's in a club and he's seeing all these other guys and
0: they're so dancing, just don't feel attractive enough. So do you think this guy who keeps winking at him, who eventually abandons him when Ted is having a seizure slash the reaction he has to this drug, like causes a stroke, mini stroke. I don't know. It's intense. Heart Mm -hmm. attack symptoms. Um, Do you think that this younger guy had good intentions or do you think that he was wanting to use Ted for this drug No, I think... I think
1: he had good intentions because when he he was just trying to get Ted to you know uh, take a little bit of the drug. Ted just went overboard with drinking it because he didn't I don't feel like Ted understood knew what that drug was that he was taking because um, even Blake is kind of like whoa 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 no 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 that's too much that's too much you know uh, yeah but sometimes what happens is you don't know what you're you know You don't know how your body's going to react to a drug.
0: Well, that and... um, Like, something that I was surprised with is that this younger guy like, didn't instruct Ted. Like, I'm not saying everyone out there, you know, should be doing recreational drugs. I'm (laughs) like, I'm a very straight-laced person, as people know. Like, well, when it comes to, like, my... Like, you know... I'm so open about people doing, you know, what they want sexually, like consent wise, like go for it. You know, I'm very empowered on my OnlyFans, all of that. When it comes to drugs, though, I'm like. More conservative, like not pushing my beliefs on people, but just like my hard line, like I don't do recreation drugs. I don't really even smoke marijuana just because I'm not into it. Um, I don't drink anymore. But. For someone, if someone is going to take a drug and they've never done it, I would hope that the person instructs them. Like, I would hope they'd say, even like with smoking pot, like, hey, let's do one hit. Like, have half a gummy. Oh, like,
1: the first time I, I have family that lives in Colorado, and the first time I ever no. done any kind of edible, I didn't realize, <laughs> like, I ate the whole sucker. And they're just like, you oh, ate no. the whole sucker? <laughs> I was like, Yeah. <laughs>
0: and that it's a I mean luckily you must have felt that I sure did (laughs) were you on the floor like just staring at things I
1: kind of blacked out for a moment because that was the first time I ever uh, ever had any kind of edible and they were just I was just like "Whoa, what happened you know
0: (laughs) this this pain I had in my neck that went away I was like oh okay so here's the plus side (laughs) wait did the pain in your neck go away permanently
1: yeah, for some reason, for, wow. me, for even a month, I had this pain in my neck. And then that one, when we went to Colorado, they were going to an edible or a store. And I was just like, oh, here, I'll get a sucker and try it. And pain, I was like, oh, okay. So <laughs> we only have medical marijuana
0: here. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, in my town, um, we actually have a dummy um, and Not just CBD, but, um, you know, THC. So a little different. Um, But I do recommend, I have taken like THC CBD gummies. Like where there's a little THC and that, if I like really need sleep, it just slows time down. And I'm like, oh, I feel very Mm. drowsy. It doesn't energize you. Which I don't really think THC is supposed to energize you, but maybe... I don't know a whole lot about it. I don't know. How yeah, I don't know. I'm not an expert in. at all. Drugs is
1: the one area where I've never just it's never been anything that's interested me. Um yeah. no judgment to anyone who's done drugs or anything. I've just seen how it has ruined so many lives and I just always knew I didn't want to go down that road.
0: Yeah. But like you said, with marijuana, there are health benefits. Like there are benefits yeah. of pain management. Pain management. Yeah. Marijuana I'm just like I'm pro marijuana. Yeah, chronic pain. Um, people who are um, going through chemo and cancer treatments. Um, okay, so there's the. Oh, now we're gonna questions. sing. Now we're gonna sing the <laughs> dare song. I don't know if you know what dare is, but it's like that drug prevention program in high school. I remember it, but okay, we're not gonna actually sing it. Okay, I was gonna say I don't know it. Uh... <laughs> I was gonna say I don't even know it either. Um, but okay, so. What do you think about Justin and Daphne's relationship in this episode?
1: When I watched it originally, I was like, man, I want a Daphne. I wanted my very own Daphne to have. I I think Daphne's just adorable. I love how open-minded she is. And she's very caring. I hated when she wasn't around as much. Mm. Um, Because there was just something about her I like.
0: Yeah, I love her. Even her reaction to Babylon, like Justin's first time in the club is with her. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, he has, and that I can relate to, like when I came out and everything is so new, but right? I'm sure you can relate to it. And you are in your first, like really exclusively gay space. And you start to like deep breathe. You're like, <laughs> like just that panic breath of, oh my, there's all these men. What do I do? Like, how do I act? How do I look? Oh my gosh, they're judging me! And he's like, "I gotta leave," and she's like, "No, we're staying." Like, I have to say, I had these, and I still have those girlfriends in my life, you know, straight guy friends too, who give me that boost of confidence. They're like, "No, no, no, you're gonna, you're gonna get through this."
1: Yeah, one of the I've I've go, not gone to the gay club that much or LGBTQ club, whatever you want to call it, uh, because we only have a couple. When I when I first came out, there were really we have probably three maybe four in Little Rock I could be wrong there could be more and I just don't know it I always seem to find or be like "Ooh, that guy's attractive and it's the straight guy and the whole bunch I'm like this was supposed to be where it was easy for me to find (laughs) some I'd always pick the one straight guy that was there I'm just like oh always picking the
0: unavailable guys well like something that I do um you know I don't know the Pittsburgh neighborhood, but I do love, and again, this show was filmed in Toronto, just for everyone out there. It was actually an American and a Canadian partnership, mm-hmm. um, which is why like half of the cast is from Canada. Like, I think there's some rule. If you have a show that's filmed in Canada, you have to use a certain amount of those actors. Um, I was not say Degrassi did that, but Degrassi was a Canadian show. <laughs> I love, love Degrassi. Yeah. Um, so what do you think of the setup of the, like even just the gayborhood, right? We actually now, this is the first episode where we actually see the clubs. Like before we've never seen the outside of the streets.
1: I, it, it always fascinated me. I always wanted to go down a gayborhood. And I find, I mean, as an adult, I've been to LA. So I've been to West Hollywood. Oh, so okay. I've experienced all that. But I remember in two 2000- thousand. 12, I went with my family on a vacation. And it was like the whole family, like my great aunts, my mom, my grandmother, everyone. <laughs> and I have this cousin by marriage who we were walking down. Oh, it was, is it Bourbon? I think Bourbon Street. And they started to see the rainbow flags. And I was like, oh, right. I'm going to get to walk by and see. And they're just like, this relative was like, oh, we can't go any farther. That's when, that's where the gate, gay side starts i'm just like i look at my mom I was like i want to go <laughs> she's like so do i because
0: you know it's new orleans it was going to be very eye-opening but yeah well new orleans is so you know lgbtq um accepting and no that's where everyone tells me i need to go to new orleans i mean um interesting. did you did you end up going through it though at least with your mom uh,
1: no, a years later, no. I ended up going no. in experience and I went to one of the, uh, gay clubs there where they had guys dancing on the bar and part I of me was like, like go-go no.
0: dancers. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was like, oh, I want to do that. But I wasn't
0: yeah. fit enough for it. I was like,
1: that looks like fine.
0: Uh- <laughs> no, I heard it's a great time. Um, well, Philly, I grew up by Philly. They have a great gayborhood. Um, kind of very similar to how this looks, like where everything's pretty concentrated. Like there's that club, there's like a gay bookstore or queer bookstore. Uh, there's like the coffee shop has a rainbow flag. But even where I live, Aaron, in Port Jefferson on Long Island, we have like at least five businesses with rainbow flags. And like this is quote unquote suburbia. So like even our New York City area, like the sprawling suburbs have their own downtowns with it's not cars and clubs, but it's still like the businesses are supporting, which means a lot. Right. You know, visibility is important. Um, okay. So let me see. So we talked about the clubs. We talked about the gayborhood. Um, How about Daphne saying that Brian is so old and skinny. <laughs> it hits harder now because i'm past that age <laughs> when i am his age brian yeah. well i'm 31 i'm like around his age i'm 36 so now when i
1: watch like sitcoms or even a, like i remember watching full house one time and went i'm older than uncle jesse <laughs> oh my god like oh my gosh <laughs> so, i do i do hate though that in the gay culture it's like oh you're 30 uh-oh Actually, despite the way this year has gone, the 30s has been the better part of my life.
0: (laughs) I I do say the 30s are the best. I know who
1: I am. I can travel and afford to travel. (laughs) So, I know, I just hate that stereotype where it's like, oh, he's 30, he's old. And he was actually 29, I think, because his 30th birthday comes at some point.
0: Yes. Um, and what but, I love is no go. What were you no, going to
1: say? He might be twenty nine, but he sure doesn't. Act, he acts Justin's age. So and you I, think
0: he, Brian? So you think Brian has very um immature ways of act being. Yes,
1: because he didn't want any, he didn't want Justin's attention whatsoever. But as soon as he Justin was getting attention from someone <laughs> else like no 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 like I was
0: like Justin that was this if you're trying to get just uh Brian's attention that was a smart move because well Justin want- yeah. Justin is a very crafty intellectual mm-hmm. like him and Michael like I really gravitate the way that I am in terms of critical thinking and artsiness I'm a Michael Moore. I'm not the comic book world but I'm more like a Michael Michael's also the voice of reason and he's like the voice of our show analyzing everything. And I feel that's how I am. I have to say though, Justin is spiteful. And I mean, he becomes more spiteful again. He's yeah. 17, which is very normal. I was, a, I was a volatile Rocky 17 into my like early twenties in terms of with men, not like my mm-hmm. everyday life, but I would have done what Justin did. I actually think I did do that at a um, club once, which was like put myself against other guys, like to try to get others' attention. Um, But yeah, so, you know, what do you like think about what Justin does? Like to try to get Brian's attention, he is going to interrupt the menage a trois, menage a trois, however you, yeah, menage a trois, that sounds good, that uh, he actually interrupts uh, Brian being the center of attention so Justin can, like, show off his young, youthful body and get the guy's attention.
1: I mean, if Brian didn't act the way he did, I would say, man, that was very, you know, just cruel of Justin to do it. But Brian's acting, I mean, everyone in the show talks about how Brian is so just self-absorbed even mm-hmm. when it comes to the risk it was like he didn't care until a certain point
0: so i'm justin's a taste of his own medicine exactly i was just thinking that like we're on the same wavelength and he knows exactly how to push brian's buttons but it works because brian's like no you're gonna be mine now like now even though i didn't think you were um uh valuable before, Justin. Now you're valuable to me because other men value you. And that's who Brian is. He wants other people to determine how valuable the ones that he needs to befriend are. Well, actually that's not true. I will say, Brian does have interesting friends like who aren't all the popular people. Um, So I'll give him credit. Uh, But when it comes to sexually... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes I think he does that
1: because in his circle of friends, he considers himself the alpha. Mm. It's even like with Michael, he knows Michael loves him and has since forever. And I always hated
0: how he would treat Michael. Well, Michael tries, you know, he thinks that they're moving. Mm -hmm. Well, he thinks that they're moving beyond a kiss in the club to like something to the next base. And Brian's not having that.
1: And I've, that's why Michael, in my opinion, just doesn't like Justin right off the bat. J- Justin got the one thing he can't get. Michael.
0: Yeah. I or will Brian. say, though, like that Michael... I mean... I, I have this with my gay friends. There's somewhere... um, Like, I've been very frank and honest. Like, I don't feel romantic towards you. I know you feel there could be more... I hope you're okay with that. Like, I like to stay friends, Um, but I'm very about being explicitly communicative about it. Brian is not exactly saying, like, putting boundaries. He doesn't want to put the boundary there.
1: I'm really shocked Michael and Brian never hooked up in all mm. their because, I mean. Well, I think, didn't Brian, I think Brian jerked off,
0: Michael. Yeah, they they
1: did. Yeah, they masturbated together. But I, yeah. I just, they I've, masturbated. Had, I've had friends who is just like, I tell them about how sometimes gay men can be and they're just like, wait, you can hook up with someone and then still be friends with them. I'm like, yeah, some, a lot of times we can separate sex with real feelings. yeah. You know? I mean, but who sometimes
0: hasn't, it also hooked up with some friends before. Imagine that you're riding the Turner Classic Movie, Great Movie Ride in Hollywood Studios. It's in the 1990s. As you're journeying through the Great Movie Ride, you pass the Wizard of Oz, where all of a sudden you see the Wicked Witch of the West ascend into Munchkinland in a cloud of smoke and flames. Well, that's the memory I have with the Great Movie Ride in classic cinema when I was at Disney in the 1990s as a young boy. And ever since that, I was hooked on classic cinema well my friend christian garcia friend of the ivory tower boiler room has a podcast that you all are going to love it's called that old gay classic cinema and he looks at queer themes in classic cinema like vertigo the wizard of oz sleeping beauty mary poppins 101 dalmatians hello dolly the list can go on and on and on so follow him on instagram at that old gay classic cinema you can listen to his podcast on apple and spot And he also is on the premiere episode of our Queerest Folk podcast, where I'm rewatching every episode of Queerest Folk from 2000. And the episodes come out bi weekly. So make sure you listen to his episode with me. And he's launching a rewatch show of Smash, where they're putting on a Marilyn Monroe musical. So he's going to be joined by co-hosts, a lot who are in the Broadway and theater industry, and I'm going to be on his first episode. So without further ado, get listening to That Old Gay Classic Cinema. Enjoy. I am here with the co-owner of one of my favorite stores here in Port Jefferson Village, New York. It is called The Soapbox. So Janine said, Andrew, I have these four products you need to get your hands on. It's called Four for Fall. So she's going to go over these four products. I know first you have a soap for me. What is the soap? I
2: I have the soap for you. It is called Apple Cider Shea Butter Soap. It's by a company called Greenwich Bay. And this is a great soap because you can use it for your hands or your body. And it has a delicious apple cider scent. And I think you're actually already familiar with it.
0: Yes, it is in my shower. I still have it. It lasts a very long time. Great lather. The lather is wonderful. It's just so luxurious. And I love the scent into November. You know, this apple cider just, it evokes so many cozy feelings. After the soap, we have something that you can add on to in the shower. So what is this?
2: This is a wonderful, wonderful um, exfoliating shower scrub. It is by a company called Primal Almonds and it's a sugar whip shower scrub. And the scent is pumpkin space. It's a moisturizing sugar scrub. So it's tiny little sugar granules. And it's something that you would use after you shower twice a week because you don't wanna strip your skin of your natural um, oils and your your moisture, but it's wonderful. It just really exfoli- exfoliates all that dead skin and leaves your skin very su- smooth and soft from all the, um, the sugar.
0: So after I use the exfoliant right now, we need to moisturize. So yeah. I know you have a really nice fall body lotion for us.
2: Absolutely. Um, this is just such a delicious scent. This is one of my favorites for fall. It is, the scent is Orchard Breeze and it's by a company called Michelle Design Works. Um, this is another product that you can use hand or body, hand and body. Um, it's great, you can place it um, on your vanity, just a couple of pumps for your hands or use it on your entire body, but it's shea butter based, so it's extremely moisturizing. Um, it's, it's just wonderful and the scent is just lovely.
0: We need something more deep for our face. Everyone yeah. wants face masks and I know that you absolutely love this company and this print.
2: This is one of my favorite masks by one of my favorite companies that we carry and we support. The company is called Farmhouse Fresh and they're right out of Texas. The mask is called Splendid Dirt and it's a nutrient rich mud mask. Um, It consists of pumpkin puree and the benefits of this mask, uh, it's a pore minimizer, a radiance booster and a skin degunker. So it's an all around great mask. If you really want a boost of radiance, it brightens your skin and it really cleanses your pores.
0: If they live on Long Island or near Long Island, you know, what is your address uh, for them to come into the store?
2: We're located at 18 Chandler Square in Port Jefferson, New York, right in the village. Um, And if you can't make it, you have to come in because we just have so much fun stuff in here, so many wonderful products. Um, But if you can't make it in, please give us a call. We're more than happy to um, ship any of these wonderful, all any of these wonderful products to you. uh, call us at 631-509-1424. You could always um, reach us on Instagram at the Soapbox NY, or you could always um, check us out on our website, Soapbox NY. Um, and
0: yeah, there's so it, many ways to it. access there's your so products. Many ways to reach us. And Janine is more than happy. And Mariana the yes. other co-owner
2: my mom actually yes, yes my are
0: so willing to take your orders yes. via phone via instagram and i can't wait for everyone else to enjoy these luxurious products yeah but sometimes it also can um i i think um when you don't say like what brian's doing to michael Um, And again, Michael, neither of them are actually addressing the elephant in the room about how Michael's more invested romantically, that this is is leading to a domino effect where shit's going to hit the fan. Like if you don't address the root cause of um, where conflict could escalate because there's no boundary created it never ends well. And I mean, it's not going to end well in this relationship. Eventually there is a boiling point, um, but I do like Justin's move here. I'm actually going to give Justin props. I think. Oh yeah. He's it was, gonna, a, it
1: was smart. He was smart.
0: Yeah. I, was like, hey. yeah
1: that's, I mean, if you're going to play with Brian, that's the way you have to play. You have to play dirty.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. Do you think that Brian, like as we're nearing the end of the episode, do you think that Brian, and this is a tricky question, do you think that he actually is starting to fall for Justin? Like, do you think he does have feelings even before Justin invaded his uh, male uh, Casanova circle that he was creating?
1: I don't think at the moment. I mean, I really felt the moment. It's just he's enjoying the game aspect of it.
0: Mm-hmm. So, do you I think,
1: really think he that my or Brian didn't just take all three of them home?
0: That's true. That would have been, been a Brian move. I don't think they can all fit on his bed, to be honest. I don't know. He's I'm very sure he remember beautiful. he he cares about his duvet cover. Very, he's very specific. <laughs> um, even though Brian likes to have a lot of sex, he's a neat freak. Um,
1: I will say that is the thing I like about Brian. It's, he's not afraid of being sex positive. And he's mm-hmm. safe. You know, he doesn't just, he's, and that was really important at the time to talk about being safe. And yeah, granted, however, the way he would open the condom sometime may look good, but is not something
0: you should ever do. You yeah, never open we, a condo with your mouth or teeth. Yes, yeah, we, we <laughs> said this in the first episode um with Christian when Christian was on here. Like, don't rip, use your teeth to open a condo. Yeah. Um, but they do that in porn all the time. Like, well, now. It,
1: it looks really good on film.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, now we're in the prep age and, you know, things are shifting a little. But um Yeah, when you use a condom, don't use your teeth. That's the (laughs) takeaway. Um, How about, though, how Brian eggs on Justin being closeted at work? And he's like, oh, I'm going to now up the ante with you, uh, Michael. I mean, sorry, I was saying Justin. How Brian was egging on Michael because Michael's coworker Tracy, like, thinks Michael has a thing for her. And Brian's like, oh, I'm just going to poke the bear and say, oh, yeah, Michael talks about you all the time, Tracy. I mean, that's where Brian's vindictive behavior yes. comes into play.
1: Yeah. I, there are times I felt bad for her, but then she would say things that too was a little inappropriate. You know, just poor Michael, just in a hard spot. I know. It's hard to come out at work, especially when you don't work around gay people.
0: Yeah. Well, and I, yeah.
1: Michael knows that woman just has a crush on him
0: i know but don't you think that there are because i even recognize this in myself where sometimes you do want to poke the bear and you do it like just to get that thrill i mean
1: i in some ways it was funny what brian was doing <laughs> because it like to watch michael michael can be like ah you know um but yeah, I know um, what you're saying. The thrill sometimes poking the bear can be.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm just saying I've lost. I think I lost a gay friend. Um, I try to work through it, but because I would say whatever was on my mind. And sometimes I've learned to maybe like stop always having to say what's on the tip of my tongue. But I can't stop like being so frank yeah. all the time. But like I'm so sex. Sex positive and. Um, like even like, oh, I know, like we would be in a whole group of guys. And I would say, oh yeah. And when you told me about the sexual experience you had, like doing that. And he's like, I don't want you to say everything. And I'm like, oh, okay. I just thought it was a comical moment, but.
1: I always you know. tell people, if there's something you don't want me to tell anyone, let me know right off the bat. This is not something anyone else. Cause my best friend and I, we would talk about anything. I remember when, um, I was a late bloomer when it come to losing my virginity. Um, I was 26. But I remember my best friend was like, what do you do? I was like, well, I don't know. I haven't had sex yet. So she just brings up porn on the phone. She's like, well, let's figure it out. Let's look. And she's just, we're just watching porn together to see, you know. She's like, huh. <laughs> it was funny. Uh, like, but I love mo- moments like that are fun with your friends because, I'll talk about anything with my friends, yeah. Especially gay friends. I feel like that's one thing I like about having gay friends is we're very open about sex a lot of the time. Sometimes, like your friend clearly did not want certain things shared, but always afraid I'm going to embarrass my husband because I will say things, and he's just like, "I'm like damn, bear, she should have said." He's like, "It's okay, it's fine," Um, because I'll make jokes about him being blessed and that's <laughs> down there i know what you're, yeah.
0: you're i know what you're talking about he has the goods um yeah. and he, he'll yeah. just be like
1: i can't believe you said that and then later i'll be like did i embarrass you i wasn't trying to i just you know i my i think my husband's very attractive i love my husband i have no problem sharing and you
0: should <laughs> i mean you should brag if your husband has great me. i mean that's a positive <laughs> uh, so okay, i'm all about intention like If your intention is not to humiliate, like you can read someone's intention here. I think Brian's intention, in my opinion, is to show Michael how, um, like Like, how awful it is to be closeted. Like, in a way, he's kind of making this lesson of see, this is why you should be who you are, even though he's kind of forcing Michael to come out, which, yeah.
1: And I also saw it as. Brian was trying to be like, "Look, these people are boring. come with us where it's fun,
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll see what happens as the episodes go on with Michael's closetedness because keeps keeps escalating. um, but I did want to end with this quote, which I absolutely love, is when um Brian whispers in like the male dancer's ear, and, um. I think it's Emmett who says, how does he do that? How does he get these guys? And Michael says, "Uh, whatever it is, he says it for all of us. Like, what do you think he's actually, what do you think Brian is saying for all of the gay men? I have
1: no clue because I'm one of the people that I don't know what to say. (laughs) Like, I'm I'm up there on that balcony with them going, what is he saying? (laughs) Because I want to
0: know the secret. Do you think he's saying like, I can see your bulge or, I don't, or do you want to feel me? I don't, it could I just be it. like, I don't, yeah, it, could, it could be simple. I, wish I would have told what
1: it was. Cause I would really like to know what it is that Brian says that just makes like
0: the men putty in his hand. It could be just, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, I mean, men, I think men are, um, Again, I, I was, I'm always stereotyping sometimes when I make a statement like that. But I will say for a lot of um, male psyche, I do think if you just say, like, you're the sexiest guy I ever saw, that could, like, <laughs> that'll feel good for anyone, like, to make someone feel desired. I think Brian knows how to make men feel desired.
1: He's very confident, so he could have probably said something like, I can give you the best night of your life that you will never forget. Uh, look, this guy keeps coming back because <laughs> you know, Justin keeps talking.
0: <laughs> yeah. But because Brian is so out there, I wonder, this is a cliffhanger. The more that he keeps hooking up with all these men, there's also a lot of rumors and gossip that, you know, the gay community is small. <laughs> And we know people who've hooked up with each other talk and I'm sure circulation of gossip spreads. And then, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but is that Brian's draw is like, Oh, I hooked up with Brian Kenny check.
1: Yeah. Like Brian's kind of now on a checklist. Can you hook up with Brian? Like if you hook up with him, that means you're at this level because Brian only sleeps with the most attractive or most desirable men.
0: Yeah, he's on the scavenger hunt list. Yeah. <laughs> he's on the Pittsburgh gay scavenger hunt. Okay. Um, well, I think we hit everything. Um, and then I just wrote that Brian and Justin danced the night away, which is well, as we should mention, as Ted is in pain, like
1: oh poor Ted.
0: Like left to die by this young guy who um but yeah, Ted. We'll see what happens next episode. He is in need of medical assistance. Um, So, right. But that's where the series, it's like pain and pleasure. We get both in the same. On each side of the tongs. I don't know why I'm thinking of salad and tongs right now. Maybe I'm hungry. Okay.
1: (laughs) It's life. You have to take, if you want the good, you have to take the
0: bad. I know. Well, wait. And also we have to mention how. um, Even though. There is the stereotyping of the um, Japanese escort. He does get his due when he gets to order at the diner. It's like, I'll have a apple pie, a milkshake, a cheeseburger, French fries, and all the other guys are, like, on some starvation yeah. diet, so. I, I felt bad for
1: Emmett because Emmett thought it was love.
0: Yeah, was no, like, no, no.
1: Emmett. And Michael made it worse by saying, it means he, lo- and you he know,
0: loves like, you. Oh, yeah. But see... Michael steps in it too. They all step in it. That's what I love about this series is none of them are um, angels. Like they're, you know, they step in shit. They lie. They Mm -hmm. gossip. They say problematic things. (laughs) Yeah. Like when people say that men don't gossip, I'm like, that's such a crock of shit. Like men gossip, everyone gossip.
1: Mm -hmm. I have a... I call since I like to make fun of certain things where they always called us like the gay best friend. So I always call my uh, straight best friend. He and yeah. I, he would gossip right there with me. And it was, we hung out so much. People started to think we were actually dating, uh, <laughs> but yeah, they gossip just as much as we do.
0: Oh yeah. Listen to them gossip about football and sporting teams and, and Or. sometimes they're yeah.
1: very envious of all the sex we can we can have because we're a little bit more open-minded than
0: oh like yeah. My, I have a straight guy friend who's gonna come on here and we're gonna discuss the sexual mores and values in the straight community and the gay community because he's like, I need to learn what's happening. It's my uh,
1: friend once told me, he's like, Me and this girl did this thing with this. I'm like, Oh, that's cute that you think that's just so like. It's like, hmm, have you been in an orgy?
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, how they make a threesome into the most unique spectacle they've yeah, ever been a part of.
1: Like, oh, that's like
0: very vanilla in our world. Yeah, I was like, that's a Sunday on Grindr. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome that's to your, the, the world. That's a lunch break. But I do, like I say, gay men or queer, the queer community, but expe- especially, gay men do have certain, you know, if you're white, you know, which, you know, I'm white, you're white. Um, <laughs> I'm assuming you're white. I shouldn't assume, but, you know, so we, we do have some privileges, which is like, um, we have a yeah. huge sexual vocabulary. We do have different ways of creating friendships in my opinion that are, um, you know, I think when straight guys are friends, there's always that um, like women, like the way that women are viewed in the straight male friendship community um, is very different than like how we see gay friends. Like you said, we could hook up and then still be close, which I am still close to a lot of guys I hooked up with. Oh, I've And that got... really doesn't happen in the straight community wow. that much. I've got friends who will send me new or dick pics
1: and it's like nothing. It's like, oh, nice. You know, some days it's like, it's just, you know, like, oh, look, another dick.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I don't think women are sending their boobs to all their straight (laughs) guy friends.
1: No, Um, but I I do have a couple of friends who, well, more one friend. He is very, very much. He will send his dick to everybody. Anyone. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I don't know
0: that for sure, but I'm oh. pretty positive. Well, you know what? I think I've just got a message on Instagram. So maybe it's <laughs> your friend. <laughs> on that note. Be. Well, Aaron, this has been so fun. I just love what mm-hmm. happens in these episodes. It's we, We're creating our own subtext, Queer <laughs> as Folk, here. This <laughs> is Queer as Folk After Hours. Um, so... You know, where can everyone follow you on social media? Plug it all. Well, sorry, that sounds really sexual. Well, promote yourself here.
1: <laughs> Plug it all. Um, I'm on all the socials. It's either Aaron underscore Wallace or AD Wallace nine on Instagram. Um, but yeah, you can just pretty much follow, find me at Aaron Wallace on all the socials. I try to be interesting.
0: Yeah. And like, um <laughs> You've been such like fun company. I love all the highlights. Glad you're part of this community. This is like my gay male friendship community as well is this well, I podcast hope we'll, series.
1: I hope I can come back because there's a few episodes I just I love just because some of this
0: yeah. I don't yeah, okay. I don't
1: know spoilers, so,
0: oh no, you'll have to come back. Um, I always want everyone to come back. We're gonna like. Go through a few episodes, then I'll have repeat guests. So it's all, you know, this isn't the last time you're hearing from Aaron Wallace. Okay. And I have to know about that friend who sends dick pics everywhere. You have to ask him how many he sent to people. Um, So, uh, you know, and the genders and the sexualities. I need it all. Need oh, I'm thing. sure they're all, I mean, they're, they're all male. Uh, <laughs> he's, yeah, women getting dick pics is not... Um, everyone out there, it's just, it's not the most acceptable behavior to do, so you've been warned. Um, I mean, I'm not sending my dick pic to women. <laughs> like <laughs> That's not happening.
1: Um, if, I, if I don't send me anymore, I'm sure he would probably respect it and not do it, uh, but I've never said don't, you know. So oh, I don't know. it is what it yeah. is.
0: I will say that um, like from you know, images I might have seen. Straight men, how they take dick pics is different than gay men. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I'm just going to leave it. There's a certain angle straight men do that uh, is not the most attractive. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe that's why the women out there are not that excited. Uh, Straight men, maybe you should look at Playgirl, okay? Look for some inspiration. Okay, on on that note, (laughs) or Twitter, that's true. Elon Musk has, like, you know, taking the roof off of all the porn. Uh, it's all there. Okay. So thank you, Aaron. I can't wait to have you back on. All right. Okay. Bye everyone. Hi, this is Dr. Andrew Rimby. I want to thank you so much for listening to the ITBR and TCIA episodes. Make sure if you don't, Follow, rate, and review us on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Also, make sure you follow ITBR on TikTok and Instagram at Ivory Tower Boiler Room and TCIA on TikTok and Instagram at True Crime and Academia. Also, we have a brand new Patreon. Membership system. So, I just want to explain it to you all quickly. So, if you want to become an ITBR student, it is $5 a month. You get ad free ITBR and TCIA episodes and video interviews. If you want to become an ITBR professor for $10 a month, you get all of those ad free benefits, but you also get access to both the ITBR and TCIA book clubs. You can join both book clubs, get ad free episodes, plus you're going to get all of our extra video episodes. So, I am rewatching Queer as Folk. Christian Garcia from That Old Gay Classic Cinema is joining us and he's rewatching Smash. Um, Mary is going to start to rewatch shows as well. You even get access to what I'm calling the ITBR Teaches. So, if I'm recapping a movie or a TV show, including Barbie. Um, Halloween movies and horror films, you get access to that as well. And then I also am offering consultation services. So for $30, you get your first initial consultation with me. It's a one hour private Zoom. I will help create your podcast, your media brand. How do you navigate academia as an undergrad or a grad student? Do you need help with technology? It could be Teaching tools, Spotify for podcasters, video editor software. Do you want to expand your social media presence as an artist, writer, podcaster or academic? Do you want help on how to create a public humanities identity like I've created for myself? So I now I'm offering that consultation service. You can find more info about it on Patreon. And you also can join our book clubs. If you want to just join the ITBR book club or the TCIA book club, you can do that for $4 a month patreon.com backslash ivory tower boiler room that is p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash ivory boiler room thanks to the team married to pippi our chief contributor and thank you to our two new interns from stony brook university jonathan and sarah bye everyone until next time